0: This is Fabulously Delicious, the French Food Podcast. We are proudly part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. If you're looking for other fabulous podcasts on subjects like history, news or pop culture, then check out evergreenpodcast.com. Today is the birthday of someone, not French, but who has an essential place in the history of modern French cooking. This episode is all about this wonderful cook. Enchanté. Bonjour, this is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. It's the podcast that's all about the cuisine that is said to have founded modern cooking. French ingredients and dishes have been the starting block for many of the world's best chefs and cooks. On Fabulously Delicious, you'll learn all about those dishes and ingredients, as well as get to know more about fabulous French foodies. I'm your host, Andrew Pryor. Enchanté! Enchanté! Ten years ago, my life changed when I competed on MasterChef Australia, and now I'm living my best life in the French countryside. Here life is all about cooking, eating, and meeting wonderful food producers, chefs, home cooks, drinking amazing wines, eating some of the over, would you believe, 1500 French cheeses, and sharing these fabulous experiences with you, my fabulously delicious audience. I hope you're enjoying them. Today, we are talking about someone that is in the US and arguably the world put French cooking into the everyday appetites and kitchens of all of us, Julia Child. Thought you knew everything about Julia? Well, then think again. Sit back, turn the volume up, if you're not driving, pour yourself a glass of wine, break a baguette, add a bit of saucisson, maybe some delicious cheese, and enjoy today's episode of Fabulously Delicious, the story of Julia Child. Julia Child was born Julia Caroline McWilliams on Thursday the 15th of August 1912 in Pasadena, California to parents John McWilliams Jr. and Julia Carolyn Caro Weston. Her father was a land manager and graduate from Princeton and her mother was a paper company heiress. Julia was the oldest of three children. She had a brother, John McWilliams Williams III, And a younger sister Dorothy Cousins. In 1912, Pasadena, California was a charming and burgeoning city known for its picturesque landscapes, cultural attractions and an emerging community. Pasadena's natural beauty was one of its main attractions. The city was nestled at the base of the San Gabriel Mountains and was known for its stunning views, its mild climate and lush gardens. The Rose Bowl, which would become an iconic venue for the city, was constructed 10 years later in 1922. Pasadena was characterized by a mix of architectural styles. Many homes and buildings showcased the arts and crafts movement, which emphasized craftsmanship, natural materials, and an attention to detail. Pasadena in 1912 was a city in transition. Holding on to its small-town charm, while embracing the opportunities and changes of the early 20th century. The city's future as a cultural, scientific, and architectural destination was taking shape, setting the stage for the vibrant and diverse city it would become in decades later. Julia attended school in Pasadena until high school, where she was then sent to Catherine Branson School in Ross, California, which was a boarding school. Julia was taller than most of the students at the school. She was six foot two inches or 1.88 meters tall. She loved to play tennis, golf and basketball and continued this passion for sports into her time at Smith College in Northampton, Massachusetts, where she graduated in 1934 with a major in history. At college, Julia wrote in her diary, "'I am sadly an ordinary person. With talents I do not use. With aspirations of being a novelist or magazine writer, Julia, after college, moved to New York to work as a copywriter for an advertising department for a short period of time. Then, in 1942, Julia joined the Office of Strategic Services, or the OSS, as it is known. She joined the OSS after finding out that she was too tall to enlist in the WACS, or the WAVES the Women's Army Corps or the U.S. Navy. So she started out as a typist at the OSS headquarters in Washington, D.C., and then worked her way up quickly to the position of top-secret researcher, working for the head of the OSS, General William J. Donovan. Julia typed over 10,000 names onto white note cards to keep track of officers in the secret intelligence division. Remarkably, for a year, she worked with the OSS Emergency Sea Rescue Equipment Section as an assistant to developers, and worked with them to develop, what you believe, a shark repellent that was needed to ensure that sharks couldn't explode mines that were placed in the sea to target the German U-boats. This was, in fact, one of Julia's first forays into cooking, as she worked on a solution as an experiment, cooking various concoctions to repel the sharks. This repellent that they came up with is still used today. In 1944, Julia was posted to Kandy in Ceylon, which is now what we know as Sri Lanka. She would register and catalogue a great volume of highly classified communications for the OSS stations around Asia. Then, she would be posted, after this time in Sri Lanka, to Kumi in China, and received there the emblem of meritorious civilian service from the head of the registry of the OSS Secretariat. It was this time in China that started Julia's interest in food and cooking. She was quoted as saying, That is when I became interested in food. I just loved Chinese food. How life would have been different for so many of us if she created the mastering the art of Chinese food instead. She told the Wall Street Journal that from her time in China, she found that Chinese food was wonderful and that she ate out as often as she could. Her time in Sri Lanka was pivotal in her life as this is where she met her future husband, Paul Cushing Tao. Paul was born on Wednesday the 15th of January in 1902 in Montclair, New Jersey, Paul lived in Paris as an artist and poet and loved the Parisian culture. He joined the United States Foreign Service and met Julia in Ceylon. Upon meeting Julia, Paul wrote to his twin brother Charlie. He said, Julia was wildly emotional and an extremely sloppy thinker who was unable to sustain ideas for long. In fact, Julia described meeting Paul as a bit of a disappointment. She said that he had an unbecoming blonde moustache and a long unbecoming nose. But the two fell in love and in the summer of 1946 they travelled accompanied by eight bottles of whiskey, a bottle of gin and a bottle of mixed martinis. Paul later wrote to Charlie saying, Julian never puts on an act or creates a scene and she likes to eat and uses her senses and has an unusually keen nose. He also wrote that she washes his shirts and is quite a dame. On Sunday the 1st of September 1946, Paul and Julia married in Lumberville, Pennsylvania. They then moved to Washington DC and two years later moved to Paris when the State Department assigned Paul there as an exhibits officer with the United States Information Agency. Julia spent her childhood growing up with a cook in the family, preparing her meals. She didn't watch or learn from them anything to do with food or cooking, and in actual fact, never really started cooking until she met Paul, who grew up in a family that was completely the opposite to Julia's and some would say were obsessed with food and cooking. En route to Paris, Paul took Julia to some of his favourite places. The move to France changed Julia, and she described it as a culinary revelation. She repeated to many people throughout her life her first meal in France was at La Croix in Rouen. This meal, she said, was consisted of oysters, sole manure, and a fine wine. It was, as she said, an opening up of the soul and spirit. La Couronne is still open in Rouen. Translated, it means the crown. And the restaurant has been in business since 1345 and is one of the oldest inns in France. It's located in Place de Vue Marche, in the centre of town. Rouen is in Normandy and has a vast history going back to 900 BC. One story associated with the restaurant is that in 1431, Raoul Baldry, a restorer, could see from the windows of the tavern the torture of Joan of Arc. It's not something you see every day whilst working now, is it? In 1951, Juliet graduated from Le Cordon Bleu, Paris, and later furthered that study with private lessons from some of the chefs at the school such as Max Bognard. Between classes, she studied French and roamed the open mayor markets, talking with fishmongers, bakers and and fruit sellers. She and Paul scoured the neighbourhoods of Paris for friendly bistros, and under her husband's patient guidance, Julia's palate grew more and more sophisticated. After graduating from the Cordon Bleu, Julia joined the women's cooking club Le Cirque de Gourmet, where she met Simone Simca Beck. Simone was writing a French cookbook with her friend Louisette Bertol for Americans. When she met Julia, she proposed that if Julia worked with them on the book, this would help to make the book more appealing to an American audience. So later that year, Julia, Simone and Louisette would teach cooking classes to American women in Julia's Parisian kitchen, calling the school Le Des Trois Gourmands, the school of the three food lovers. For the next decade, as Julia moved around Europe and finally settled in Cambridge, Massachusetts, the three researched and repeatedly tested recipes. Julia would translate the French into English, making the recipes detailed, interesting and practical. Portland Julia were posted from Paris to Marseille to Bonn to Oslo and then to Washington. They kept up a furious correspondence, typing hundreds of letters with six carbon copies for each. Julia kept meticulous notes and spent months perfecting the recipes for just one ingredient. She made so many egg dishes that she finally wrote to Simone, I've just poached two more eggs and thrown them down the toilet. Spending time travelling around Europe, Julia and Paul bought some land and built a home in Provence, France. The property was part of her co-author Simone's family property. They named the home La Pichon, meaning the little one. Over time, the property would become known as La Pêche. When Simone Beck died in 1991 at the age of 87, Julia relinquished the property. And in June 1992, Julia, her niece and a close friend returned to the property for a month-long stay and then turned the keys over to Jean Fispache's sister. Jean was Simone Beck's husband. You can now do cooking classes there with the current owners. Of course, that would be before or after you come visit me here in Montmorency for a class. Julia's career as a French cooking expert, so to speak, started when the three authors signed a contract with Houghton Mifflin. This manuscript was rejected by Houghton, as they thought it seemed too much like an encyclopedia. The publishers, Alfred A. Knopf, would finally publish Mastering the Art of French Cooking in 1961 as a 726-page book that would become a bestseller and receive critical acclaim and be an integral influence in the American interest in French culture throughout the early part of the 60s. Following the success of Mastering the Art of French Cooking, Julia would write articles and she became a regular columnist at the Boston Globe. In her lifetime, she wrote 17 books and appeared after her death in the 2007 American Food Writing, an anthology with classic recipes book by the Library of America. Fabulously Delicious is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Check out other shows at evergreenpodcast.com. If you're enjoying this episode of Fabulously Delicious, the French Food Podcast, the Story Of series, then make sure you check out previous episodes where we've talked about other fabulous chefs that have made history in one way or another in French food. We've discovered the father of French cooking, some would say, Marie-Antoine Careme. Auguste Scoffier, who set up the working processes that we now know in today's commercial kitchens. Eugène Brazier, who many would say is the mother of French cooking, well, at least one of the most famous and important mers lyonnaise. And another fabulous French woman, who founded the acclaimed Le Cordon Bleu, Elizabeth Brassard, who, of course, knew Julia Child. To learn more about these fabulous French chefs and cooks, and their stories, then please check them out on Fabulously Delicious, the French Food Podcast, and search The Story Of, wherever you're listening to podcasts. An appearance by Julia in 1961 on a book review show for the National Education Television Station in Boston, which is now part of the Public Broadcasting Service, or PBS as it's called, led julia to her first television cooking show she prepared an omelet on the book review show as a demonstration and the audience loved it so the french chef tv show premiered on thursday the 26th of july 1962 as a summer pilot and this led to a regular show that debuted on monday the 11th of february 1963 to rave reviews and was an immediate success the friendship chef ran nationally for 10 years. Julia, cooking on television, was never afraid of making mistakes. She was famously quoted as saying, Remember, if you're alone in the kitchen, who's going to see you? The show was the first show to be captioned for the deaf, and attracted a broad audience, attributed to mainly by Julia's bubbly personality, distinct voice and unpatronising manner. In 1965 and 1966, Julia won the Peabody Award for The French Chef. Her second book, The French Chef, was released, which was a collection of recipes that she demonstrated on the show. Around this time, Julia was diagnosed with breast cancer and on Wednesday, the 28th of February, 1968, she had a mastectomy. She stayed 10 days in hospital, where Paul was devastated by the thought that he might lose Julia. Julia, though, was stoic and was released from hospital, where she said she went home to a full bath and wept. She got focused back into life, though, from other public tragedies. The news of Martin Luther King and Bobby Kennedy's deaths and the riots at the Chicago Democratic Convention, that she heard over the radio inspired her to get back into work and life. Then, two years later, Julia and Simone released a follow-up to Mastering the Art of French Cooking, Mastering the Art of French Cooking, Volume 2. Louisette's professional relationship with Simone and Julia had ended. Julia's fourth book, from Julia's Child's Kitchen, was also a great success and was illustrated with Paul's photographs. Throughout the 70s and 80s, Julia continued her TV career and with numerous programs, including Julia Child and Company, Julia Child and More Company, and Dinner at Julia's. In fact, in her lifetime, Julia had 14 TV shows of her own. She would also appear regularly in the 80s on the ABC's Good Morning America program. Fans packed her cooking demonstrations, and talk show hosts all wanted to interview her. Julia appeared with the Boston Symphony and had become a celebrity, which Paul reveled in. He loved his wife's success. With the turn of a new decade in the 1980s, Julia won the National Book Award for her book, Julia Child and More Company, as well as the U.S. Presidential Medal of Freedom. And in 1981, Julia founded, along with Robert Mondavi and Richard Graff, Amongst others, the American Institute of Wine and Food, to advance the understanding, appreciation and quality of wine and food. The AIDS crisis in America changed Julia in the 80s. It was thought, and has been said, that before then, Julia had rather homophobic views, some might say. But she changed her thoughts and became a passionate activist for the LGBT community and an AIDS activist triggered by the death of her close friend Bob Johnson, who had succumbed to AIDS in 1986. In the wake of his death, Julia poured herself into hosting benefits and raising money to fight the disease. Also in the 80s, Julia took a controversial stand, some would say, by becoming a passionate supporter of Planned Parenthood and a champion of abortion rights. She would host benefits to fundraise and would often make statements that were considered risky considering the possible backlash from her mainstream audience. In the 90s, another cause that Julia became increasingly concerned about was children's food education, and she worked closely with the American Institute of Wine and Food around this issue. In 1992, Julia's contribution to food and cooking in America was celebrated on the occasion of her 80th birthday. Three huge parties were held in her honour, in Boston, Los Angeles and New York. That would have been a very busy birthday. In the 90s, Julia would star in four more TV series of her own and would collaborate with Jacques Pepin many times. She won a Daytime Emmy Award in 1996 for In Julia's Kitchen with MasterChefs, and in 2001 for Julia and Jacques' cooking at home. Throughout her career, Julia would often be criticised for her use of ingredients like butter and cream. In fact, she reportedly used more than 750 pounds of butter during the time she filmed the program Baking with Julia. She addressed the criticisms of her butter usage by saying that a fanatical fear of food would take over the country's dining habits and that there was too much focus on nutrition rather than a focus on the pleasure from enjoying food. Julia said, Everybody is overreacting. If fear of food continues, it will be the death of gastronomy in the United States. Fortunately, the French don't suffer from the same hysteria we do. We should enjoy food and have fun. It's one of the simplest and nicest pleasures in life. Julia's career in the 90s took a slight turn when in 1993... She voiced Doctor Julia Bleep, a character in the animated film We're Back, A Dinosaur Story. Hmm. The movie was based on Hudson Talbot's children's book by the same name. Despite having big-name stars accompanying Julia, like John Goodman and Jay Leno, the film was a box office bomb and only made $9.3 million worldwide. Following a series of strokes... From 1999, Paul Child, who was living in a nursing home, died on Thursday, the 12th of May, 1994. Julia was heartbroken. In 1995, she established the Julia Child Foundation for Gastronomy and Culinary Arts, a private charitable foundation to make grants to further her her life's work. The foundation originally set up in Massachusetts later moved to Santa Barbara, California. Inactive until Julia's death in 2004, the Foundation makes grants to other non-profits. The grants support gastronomy, the culinary arts, and further development of the professional food world. All matters of paramount importance to Julia during her lifetime. One of the grant recipients is the Heritage Radio Network, which covers the world of food, drink and agriculture and has many wonderful podcasts. Despite having many cookbooks, Julia didn't have the patience to write her own biography. So instead, she turned over all her papers, documents, family letters and even the working manuscript for her first book, Mastering the Art of French Cooking, to the biographer Noel Riley Fitch, who in 1997 wrote An Appetite for Life. The First Biography of Julia Child Throughout her life, Julia loved roses and enjoyed gardening. She even had a rose named after her, the Julia Child Rose. It's known in the UK as the Absolutely Fabulous Rose. I kid you not. Julia's rose is the colour of melted butter, one of her favourite ingredients, and a staple in French cuisine. The Julia Child Rose is said to have a licorice-like fragrance and be a consistent flowering and hardy plant. In 2006, the rose was selected as an All-American Rose winner. Julia had met many wonderful and fabulous people throughout her life and career. Some she worked with, some not, including Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers, James Beard, actor George Hamilton, Martha Stewart, Jacques Pepin, Lydia Bastinesh, Wolfgang Puck, Emeril Agassi. Alice Waters and Hillary Clinton. In 2000, France bestowed to Julia the Knight of France's Legion of Honor. She was also elected a Fellow of the American Academy of Arts and Sciences in 2003 and was awarded the U.S. Presidential Medal of Freedom as well as other honorary doctorates from Harvard University, Johnson and Wales University, Smith College and Brown University. Then, in 2007, Julia was inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame. Julia moved into a retirement community in 2001 and donated her house and office to Smith College, where, of course, she'd gone to college. The college would later sell the house. They used the proceeds to partially fund a campus center that opened in 2003. In 2022, they honoured Julia by naming the centre the Julia McWilliams Child Campus Centre. Julia sadly passed away on Friday the 13th of August 2004, just two days before what would have been her 92nd birthday. Julia died of kidney failure. Her ashes were placed at the Neptune Memorial Reef near Key Bascayne in Florida. She's finally with her beloved husband Paul. The kitchen in Julia's home, designed by Paul, was the setting for three of her television shows, and it's now on display at the National Museum of American History in Washington, D.C. It was fully transformed into a functional set from Julia's home in Cambridge for the TV show, In Julia's Kitchen, with Master Chefs*. This set hosted nearly all of Julia's 90s TV shows. Her copper pots and pans were on display at Copia in Napa in California until 2009, when they were reunited with her kitchen at the National Museum of American History in Washington, D.C. Julia had talked about doing the France book, first suggested by her husband, Paul, back in 1969. She was clear the book, if it was ever to be written, would be a tribute to Paul, the man who had taken her to Paris in the first place. It would be based on the hundreds of letters that he and Julia had written to Paul's twin brother, Charles, from France between 1948 and 1954. So Alex Prudhomme, Charles Child's grandson, and a writer in his own right, would suggest collaborating on the book. In 2006, he wrote the posthumous book of life of Julia Charles, that was written partially with Julia's help when she was alive. This book is called My Life in France and would recount Julia's life with Paul in post-war France. Julia even wrote in her foreword that she was self-reliant and for years had politely resisted the idea of a book. I'm glad, though, that she went through with it. This book is an inspiration for me and changed my life after reading it. In 2008, her whole career in service to the USA was made available online, so you can see what Julia did during the war as well as in her time serving the US government. On Friday, the 26th of September, 2014, the US Postal Service issued 20 million copies of the Celebrity Chefs Forever stamp series and featured portraits by Jason Siller of five American chefs Julia Child, Joyce Chen, James Beard, Edna Lewis, and Philippe Rojas Lombardi. Julia's television career started in the 60s and went for over four decades. With shows like *The French Chef*, *Julia Child and Company*, *Julia Child and More Company*, *Dinner at Julia's*, *The Way to Cook*, *A Birthday Party for Julia Child*, *Compliments to the Chef*, *Cooking with Master Chefs*, *Cooking in Concert*, *Julia and Jacques Pepin*, *In Julia's Kitchen with Master Chefs*, *Cooking in Concert*, *Julia and Graham Kerr*, *More Cooking in Concert*, *Julia and Jacques Pepin*, *Baking with Julia*. Julia and Jacques' Cooking at Home, and finally, Julia Child's Kitchen Wisdom. Her book career included Mastering the Art of French Cooking, The French Chef Cookbook, Mastering the Art of French Cooking, Volume 2, from Julia Child's Kitchen, Julia Child and Company, Julia Child and More Company, The Way to Cook, Julia Child's Menu Cookbook, Cooking with Master Chefs, in Julia's kitchen with master chefs, baking with Julia, Julia's delicious little dinners, Julia's menus for special occasions, Julia's breakfasts, lunches and suppers, Julia's casual dinners, Julia and Jack's cooking at home, Julia's kitchen wisdom, my life in France, and finally American food writing and anthology with classic recipes. Now it's my mission to have all of these books. Possibly one of Julia's last quotes was, thinking back on it now reminds me that the pleasures of the table and of life are infinite. Toujours bon appétit. That's it for another episode of season three of Fabulously Delicious. Have you heard of Julia Child before? Really, you must have, right? Who hasn't? What's the most fabulous thing you've learned from today's episode? Let me know by contacting me via Instagram. Slide into my DMs at AndrewPriorFabulously, as I'd love to chat with you all. I'd also love to chat about Julia and her recipes, as I love talking to people about food, and especially French food. Thank you for listening, and remember, you know what my motto is. Whatever you do, do it fabulously. Merci beaucoup, and bon app.